Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Well, amen. Take your Bibles and join me, if you would, in the Gospel of Mark tonight. Sunday nights, I try to make it a little bit more uh, practical and just uh, kind of brief, and uh, I try. <laughs> I don't always succeed, you know, especially on the brief part, right? But uh, we're, 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 we're excited about studying the Word of God, aren't we? And there's something here in this text that I want to capture. I want us to just look at one Bible verse, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna rip it apart tonight and take a look at it. And I, I hope it's a blessing to you. Let me begin by asking this question. Think about this with me. What's the one thing you least like to do but feel great after you do it? Now think about that, and that's not, I'm not looking for a funny response because, you know, but what's the, what's the, the thing that you least like to do but you feel great after you do it. So, if you were to ask those that are health-minded, right, like me, <laughs> if you were to ask those that are health-minded, they might say this, uh, maybe they might reply, going to the gym, right? Let me go to the gym. I really do, believe it or not, I go to the gym, Bob Smith goes to the gym, I know because I saw him there at my gym. And uh, one day, he started coming to the gym, and I was already finished my workout, you know, and I happened to see him. First time I saw him at the gym, and we won't tell you where we go, because um, we don't want you showing up. But he, he's working away on the treadmill, and all of a sudden, I just stood next to him on the next treadmill, and I just looked at him. And he, he looked over and said, oh, can't get away from you. But you might say this, so uh, going to the gym, right? And, and there's times when you, if you're a gym person, you got to drag yourself, Right? My wife says to me all the time when I come home, say, how was the gym? And I have the same response. It was the gym, right? It's never anything more than that. However, I always feel better after I go. You know, that way I can eat more when I get home. That's the reason I go. And then if you're, if you're financial-minded, right, you might say this. You might say, well, you know, it's just sacrificing and, and just putting a little bit extra away, you know, each week or month, uh, into savings, and you know, in the long run, that really does build up, and in the long run, you'll be thankful, you know? And so, what's that one thing that's, you know, hard to do, but after you do it, you're, you, you know, you just, you reap the benefits, and you're glad you did. Think about this on the spiritual end of it, spiritual-minded, right? If, if you be honest now, and not put on your spiritual cloak of armor, you know that there are times when, when doing your devotions and praying is a chore, you know? It's a challenge, right? And, and, and we do it. I, I remember hearing one of, my, one of my hero preachers say many, many years ago that, you know, if you, if you just continue to do what is your duty, your duty will become a delight, right? 
but it's still a duty. And as Christians, we have uh, some duties, right? Some chores. It, it's routine, you know? It, it, it is what we do. And, and I thought about that very thing where at times, and I'd say that even as a pastor, at times, you know, praying and studying and building sermons, it's almost like, oh, I just finished preaching. I got I to gotta prepare another one. And I know what you're saying. I got to listen to them again, you know? And so um, those, those, hard, those hard things. If you look at this text of Scripture, um, I, I find it to be interesting. Look at verse 35. It says, and in the morning, rising up, a great while before day, he went out, I'm in Mark 1, and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. See that? Just one simple verse. I want you to wrap your brain around that. Let's read it again. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out, departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Now, if we take that verse of Scripture and back it up into the context, here's what you'd find. Go, go back. Uh, go back in chapter number one. Look, if you would, at the day of uh, just, just one day in the life of Christ. In verse 21, it says, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath he entered into the synagogue and taught. So uh, here, here he is. He enters into the city. And the very first thing he does, it's the Sabbath, and the very first thing he does, he goes into the synagogue and he begins to teach. Now, listen carefully. When he entered into the synagogue to teach at 9 a.m. or 9.30, he didn't stop at 10.30. You know, that, it, was, it, was a, it was an exercise. It was uh, Brother James Kima sitting here is of Liberian descent. And James will tell you, uh, probably Orlando will tell you, that, you know, back in their, in their land, in Liberia, when they went to church, you had no idea when you were getting out. Yeah. You know, in fact, I've preached in some places, and I preached an American-styled sermon, and it was almost when I was finished, they were saying, where are you going? We, we need more than that. That's not enough. You know? And so here's Jesus, he enters into the city, very first thing he does, into the synagogue, and he begins to teach. And this is an exercise that goes on for a bit. While he's teaching, look at verse 23, and there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, uh, who thou art, uh, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace, and come out of him. So, get it again, here's Jesus. He enters into the city, he begins to teach, he's in the synagogue, he's teaching, by the way, part of that teaching was hostile, because it wasn't a crowd like you who's saying, man, uh, preach to me, pastor, and I'm saying amen and praise the Lord. No, there were people sitting there that were just antagonistic. There were people sitting there that were, that were critical, and probably openly critical. Huh? And I think he just talked right over them. While in that crowd, there's an individual who's got this unclean spirit, and he begins to heckle Jesus. And in the midst of his teaching, Jesus stops and rebukes him. By the way, he doesn't perform an exorcism. He rebukes him and, and tells that demon to come out of him, and, 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 and he does. Now, that's, pre that's, that's pretty eventful. And if you've, ever, if you've ever preached before, uh, preaching takes a lot out of you. It really does. I mean, if you preach the way God would have you to preach, when I'm finished preaching, I'm exhausted. 
And people say sometimes, preacher, can I talk with you after service? And I'll say this to them, uh, is it a question or you need counsel? Because if you need counsel, I, I'm probably going to have nothing to give you. Because when I'm finished preaching, I'm, I'm, I'm spent, you know? And, and if I give you counsel, I, I might give you something that you may not want to do. You know, like go out and kill yourself or something of that nature, you know. Um, and so Jesus is he's teaching and he's, he's, you know, he's expounding upon God's word. And then he's, he's having to deal with this uh, demonic fella, right? And so now he's headed back toward town. And look what happens in, in, in verse number 29. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John. Man, now get the picture here. They're going back for some fellowship. They're going to break bread. They're going to order some pizza, get some wings. Hello? Right? It's after church. I mean, what do you do after church? You go home and you eat, right? And, and so he goes into, into Peter's house, but look what it says, verse 30, but, Simon Peter, but, but Simon's wife, mother, his mother-in-law, lay sick of a fever. And they tell him of her, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fear. So now the guy, he can't even catch a break. Right? It's like Tyler says, you know, preacher, come on over to the house uh, after service. We're going to have some pizza and some wings. And I go over, and Dave is there. And as soon as I walk in, Dave says, man, pastor, good to see you. You got a minute. I do. <laughs> but I'd rather not spend it with you right now. I'm looking at them wings, man, and they're just calling my name. You getting the picture? And so he enters into Peter's house, and now his mother-in-law's sick. He's got to go over. And by the way, the Scriptures teach that every time Jesus healed somebody or performed miracles, virtue left him. Virtue, energy, power left him. Are you with me? So you figure he went like this, right? Whew, that was a pretty long day. Read on. Look at verse 34. Verse 33, <coughs> and all the city was gathered together at the door. So now all the, all the neighbors, everybody over Tyler's neighborhood finds out the preacher's there. He's the new guy in town. Hey, let's go over and meet the preacher. And so now they're at the door and he healed many uh, that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffer not the devils to speak because they knew him. That's a pretty long day. Hello? And then we come to verse 35, where it says, and in the morning, rising up a good, good while after the sun was already up. <laughs> if it were me, I'd have said, Tyler, I'm tired. I won't be in tomorrow morning. I'll see you around one. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out, departed into a solitary place, and they're prayed. Hard things. Hard things. I'm not going to go back and spend much more time developing that, but I want to say this. Years ago lived a fella named A.W. Tozer. Preacher, you, you've read books from Tozer, right? Tozer was an American pastor. In fact, he was born in PA, Tozer was. Born in, in the 1800s, late 1800s, died in, in like 1960-something. But more than being a pastor, God used him to write some books, and some of them books became classics. And one such book was the book entitled The Pursuit of God. The Pursuit of God. 
And Tozer has a number, you know, there's some men that have lived that, you know, when they, when they would speak or write, some of the things that, you know, men have, some men have the ability to just summarize in, in, in sentences or one-liners, right? And A.W. Tozer was that way. And A.W. Tozer was at one time uh, pointed this out. He pointed out some of the weaknesses he saw in, develop, in, in, in developing in, in, in American Christians. And here's what he said. He said, there's a desire of American Christians for shortcuts in spiritual growth. Did you hear that? There's a desire amongst American Christians to shortcut their growth. I don't have a hard time believing that because in America, we love shortcuts, right? We want to shortcut everything, correct? You know, I mean, we, we love fast food because we can, you know, drive through every, everything's drive through today. Now you have curbside pickup and, correct? And that's just right up our alley. Well, we, we have bought into that spiritually. And I'll tell you what really, really amped it up was COVID, Right? Because now, man, now, I mean, we just got, we have church at home. We have church on the TV screen, you know. Uh, we have church at our fingertips. And, and here's, what, here's what happened. You know what happened, I think, during COVID with a lot of our church services? People were able to do this. Since, since they were watching it online, here's what they can do. They can go do what they wanted to do and come back and watch it later. Because I used to have church members say to me, uh, you know, preacher, I, I, I won't be there. I won't be there on Sunday night or Wednesday night, but I'll watch it on Thursday. Huh? And we developed some really poor, some really bad habits as Christians. We really did. And we're just trying to shortcut things. And I think at times, I think at times we try to shortcut, you know, our own spiritual life. And part of that being our quiet time. I'm not sure what you call yours, quiet time, devotion time, your personal time with God, but sometimes we try to shortcut that because it's one of those hard things. It's one of those hard things. I remember preaching the congregations and in my younger years, brother, brother preacher, uh, and by the way, from now on, I'm just going to call him Doc. <laughs> I get so tongue-tied sometimes, I don't want to call you pastor. So, years ago, Doc, I used to get a chance to preach all over like you. I preach in many churches during the course of a year. And one of, my, one of my things, because my pastor instilled this in me, was to read the Bible every day. Amen. I mean to tell you, when I was a young Christian going to church, my preacher harped on that like you wouldn't believe. In fact, I, don't, I, I only thought he had one message. He just had like 300 different titles. You know, it was the same message all the time. Just pre read your Bible, pray, and come to church. And, but he, I mean, he harped on it, and he just planted that seed inside of me so much so that when I started the pastor, it helped me so much, Barry, that I thought, well, good night. I'm going to teach my people to do the same. And so wherever I would go preaching, one of the messages I would preach would be how to, you know, how to develop a, a good devotion life. And I was always surprised when people were honest, when I began to talk about reading your Bible every day, how few Christians read their Bible every day. And it got real quiet here. How few of us read our Bible every day. And how few of us have prayer time. Now, I didn't say how few of us pray, because I think we all pray. Sometimes we pray in the car, sometimes we pray in the shower, sometimes we pray before we go into a meeting or before we go to school or on the way, and that's all good, but it's, that is not the same as having prayer time. 
prayer time, alone time, where you get alone with God and communicate with God and talk to God and experience God and enjoy God and get to know God. Big difference. Hello. And, and I thought this, I thought for sure he was right. A.W. Tozer was definitely right when it comes to American Christians having a desire to shortcut their spiritual growth. Now, I'm going to tell you something, my friend. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts to becoming what God would have you to be. you got to go through the process. And Tozer went on. He said this. Uh, guys, you can throw that up on the screen in case you want to write it down. He said, time spent alone with God is critical to spiritual growth. Time spent alone with God is critical to spiritual growth. Church is wonderful. This setting is wonderful. Discipleship is awesome. Small group is, 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 is tremendous. But there's nothing like you spending personal time alone with God. And what you find here in this text of Scripture is Jesus doing, he's doing that, that very thing. In fact, we often find him alone with God. But in this verse of Scripture, he gives us, he gives us a model. Let me share it with you, and, and, and we'll let you get out of here. In verse 35, looking at it again, he says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out, departed to a solitary place, and there prayed. Look with me, if you would, at the words early in the morning. Early in the morning. Now, I'm going to give you a nice, neat little outline to take with you. And I'm going to call that a certain time. A certain time. Early in the morning. Early in the morning. And so maybe we could say this. Maybe we can say that Jesus was advocating a set time for alone time. Did you, did you hear me? Uh, maybe we can advocate. Maybe Jesus was advocating, you know, and back then they didn't have, uh, they didn't have all the apparatuses we have, calendars and, and all the different tools we have to, you know, to keep ourselves, you know, because we're so busy. But maybe, maybe he was advocating this. Maybe he's saying to the church, you need to make sure you put on your calendar alone time. There ought to be a certain time that we have scheduled to just meet with God. And, and for Jesus, you'll notice, it, it was early in the morning. It was a priority. It was the very first thing he did in the morning. Everything he did later in the day was influenced by what he did in the morning. Remember I said this this morning, as, as a young fellow, I grew up in the Catholic church, and Catholics were good, and they produced in, how many, anybody here Catholic? You still Catholic? Steve, still Catholic? It produced this guilt machine in our mind, because that's the only way, you know, they can keep control of us, by causing us to feel guilty. So if you didn't do this or do that, or God was going to get at you. Remember I said this morning, sometimes we view God as just, you know, an authoritarian who's trying to keep us in line? Huh? Well, a good part of my early growing up years in Christ, man, I tell you what, if I missed my Bible time morning, reading in the morning, oh, brother, I'll tell you, the rest of my day was shot because I thought God was mad at me, you know? And, and if I missed my prayer time, even if it was just not reaching higher than my living room ceiling, I felt that if I didn't pray, God was angry with me. Any of you ever felt like that? Huh? God, you can get honest. We're in church. Nobody, nobody's going to judge you here. This is a judge-free zone like Planet Fitness, right, Mom? Oh, I just told them where we go, Mom. Yeah. But that alone time, that set time, that certain time, I believe is important. Uh, 
I, I, I like this. I, I, I like the idea, you know, one of the main reasons we need time alone in the morning is because the day gets so busy. When you look at Jesus' day prior, I mean to tell you, from teaching to rebuking demons to healing, you know, Peter's mother-in-law, to then spending time with the multitudes that came, it was busy, you know? And here's, here's the truth. You know, once I get outside my door, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen next. You know, for the last nine and a half years of my life, I pastored in Florida, and we had a pretty big church there and a large staff. And I, I promise you, John, it was almost like when, they, when they, they can smell me on campus. They smell my cologne. And as soon as I would get on campus, I had the best intentions, but I, never got, I just didn't get anything accomplished. And there were many times, Mrs. Genizzi will tell you, I used to have to stay home to study. Uh, Doc, I used to have to stay home to get some things done because as soon as I got to the office, I was bombarded and my secretary tried to keep them away. But how do you keep hungry sheep away? You know, if you, they become goats and they start banging at the door, man, you know. And so I came to realize that I need to have that alone time with God every morning because it, my day gets busy. And if I don't, I'm not going to get it back. And, you know, every once in a while I try it at night. I just, for me, I just don't have the brain power at night. You know, I start reading at night. Next thing you know, one eye's closed. You know, the other eye's going back and forth. Huh? And so you see here, he talks about having a set time, a certain time. There's no bad time. First, Corinthians, First Thessalonians encourages us to pray without ceasing, right? Being an attitude of prayer wherever we go. But friend, we ought to have a set time every day where we get alone with God, right? And then I want you to notice the word solitary place. Look there. And in the morning, rising up great day, a while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And I want to call it not just a certain time, but I think we ought to have a certain place, a certain place where we meet God. Say amen right there. Amen. Years ago, years ago, you used to hear about the prayer closet, right? Where people literally, I mean literally, had a set place sometimes in a little closet, you know, and they hang pictures in the closet and, and they put pillows they can kneel on and it was their place where they went, got alone with God. It's a certain place. Huh? I know sometimes we can, especially women are good at this, you're just zoning out things. I guess raising children, you know, being at home, being, you know, a, a, you know, a housewife and a, and a home care mom, you have to do that sometimes, right? Where, you know, they can be doing all that stuff and you got them zoned out and you're reading your Bible. You know, for me, that doesn't work. You know, it's got to be quiet. I can have some piano music playing, but it's got to be quiet. And when I'm praying, I need to be in a place where I can speak verbally because I can't pray silently. You know, so when I pray, I have to pray out loud. But I don't pray certain prayers out loud. And the reason is, is because the devil's got good ears. You know, and the devil listens in. And so there are certain things that I pray that I must pray silently because he can't read my mind. But he can hear my words. That's another message in and of itself. By the way, when you're planning on fasting, don't pray out loud and tell God you're going to fast because the devil's going to hear it and he's going to have cheesesteaks dancing around in your mind, you know, and hoagies and whatnot. And so, but a certain place, uh, and I like this, it was a desolate place, a solitary place. It was a place where he knew he would get alone with God. And so maybe Jesus is advocating this. Maybe he's advocating that we ought to have a certain time, a set time for alone time. 
And then we ought to have a set place, a certain place for alone time. Huh? That's not strange to us, is it? I think this, I think if you, you know, today we, we for me, I have, a, I have my favorite chair. You know, I have my favorite chair. And when I'm gonna watch a little bit of TV, some sports or a movie, I have my favorite chair, right? Some of us have our seat at the table, right? Here's the, here's the, uh, the Austin family. Does everybody sit at the same place around the table? Yeah, pretty much, right? What happens, Addie, if somebody sits in your seat? It doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> right? And so we have our set. And then it's like, remember when you were a kid and you're going to get in the car and you call shotgun? Right? And somebody was already sitting there and you said, shotgun. And your brother or sister said, if you don't get out of my way, I'm going to hit you with a shotgun. You know, doesn't work. So maybe we ought to have that, that certain place where we go and, and meet with God. I promise you this is true, Barry. Last night, my wife went to the place where I pray. And, and what did you call it, Don? My what? My prayer indents. So I have a place where I pray. You know, I have pillows there. And, and of course, I put my elbows there and I pray like this, you know. And, and I leave indentations on the pillows. And so she was wiping away my prayer indents. <laughs> I made more of them this morning. Do you have some prayer indents? Do you, have, do you have any place in your Bible where it's stained with tears? Can you go to any set place in your house where you know that's a private place where you get alone with God? You ought to. You ought to carve out such a time, such a place. And then notice this, if you would. And in the morning, rising up, great while before day, he went out, departed to solid, solitary place, and there, what? He prayed. He prayed. And so he had a certain plan. He was advocating having a plan when you meet with God. It wasn't a chance meeting. No, he prayed. He prayed. Our quiet time with God needs to have some structure, and it it should include prayer and and Bible reading and praise and worship. Huh? Amen? Huh? Can 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 I just give you a pattern? Right? I don't know what you do, but... But maybe a pattern is just to get alone with God and kneel down and, and, uh, and just be quiet for a little bit. You know, just hone in and, and just try to, try to envision the throne room. I was thinking about that just not long ago, Barry, and, and a couple weeks ago praying. And the and first time, I've been praying for a long time, but the very first time it dawned on me that I didn't have to stand in line when I was going to the throne of grace. Everywhere we go today, we got to stand in line. But I didn't have to stand in line. I didn't have to make an appointment. Huh? I didn't have to show up and say, uh, Yanizzi, here, my 9 o'clock, and then sit there and wait till 9.30. I mean, I just, I just, I show up, and, and, and he's there, you know? And you know what I do? After I get my head into the game, I'll say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. It's me. Thank you for another day of life. I know it's a gift. I know I don't deserve it, but I thank you for it. And I don't want to waste any bit of today. And Lord, right now, I feel like the psalmist. I just want to bless you. You know, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And I begin to sing. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And by the way, he likes it when I sing. I know you don't, but he does. You know? 
And, 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 and then I just, you know, I just, I just thank him for, for what's going on. And, and I, sometimes I'm kneeling down, I got my hand, and I just pray, put, lift my hands up and say, Father, I raise my hands to you right now. And, and I often go through, I often go through Matthew chapter number six, where Jesus taught the disciples, pray like this, our Father. And I'll say this, I'll say, I'll say, Father, I remember Jesus teaching the disciples to pray to you as the Father. So I address you right now as my heavenly Father. And I would hope that you will enable me today to advance your kingdom. I want to live in such a way today that your will was done. I want your name to be hallowed on the earth. And Lord, I don't want to get in the way of any of that. By the way, Father, I'm going to need some help today, so I'm praying for some daily bread. And help me to treat others the way I would want them to treat me. Hello? That's, that's a pretty good model to pray. Are you with me? What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say you ought to have some stuff substance about your personal walk with God. Yeah, you don't have some substance. Uh, you know what I think? Let me encourage you to do this. I think if you have, you know, this cert certain plan, you ought to develop a prayer list to pray. But leave enough space in it for you just to have a good time with God. Right? Because if it's just about getting this prayer list prayed, good grief, by the time I'm done, I got to get out of here. Well, you want to leave a little bit of space in that prayer time just so you can enjoy God and freely talk to Him. Amen? i never forget this. One time I knocked at my pastor's door and he didn't answer and so I, I just went in and the lights were out and I heard some mumbling and uh, and all of a sudden he popped up from behind his desk you know and he was praying kind of like tucked under his desk you know and I said oh preacher man I'm sorry I didn't mean to I didn't know you were in here he said that's okay come on in and I promise you this is the, this is facts Tyler and, and I was probably just saved for a few years. And he had, he had opened on his uh, desk chair. He was kind of like under the desk. <laughs> he had opened on a desk chair a three-ring binder with five-and-a-half by eight-and-a-half-inch paper. And, uh, and I said, what's that? And he said, it's my prayer book. I said, I didn't have a prayer book at that time. And I said, he said, you want to say it? I said, I'd love to say it, you know. And in it, it was three-ring binder. And in it was all kinds of different um, scriptures and different you know materials he copied out and put in there and then he had he had monday uh, sunday through saturday in in tabs you know and and tony every single day of the week he had a specific prayer list written out that he was praying and i thought wow that's awesome i thought he, he's got some substance to his prayer life you know and I wanted to ask him how many days am I, am I written down, but I was afraid he was going to put me under the problem portion every day of the week, you know. And I said, Preacher, would you help me to develop one like that? And he said, sure. And he did. And I've had one now. That was back in the 80s. I've had something like that ever since, you know. Had substance. I mean, this, this dude, he was praying. I was praying on my way to work. You know, I was praying when I found a moment. I was randomly praying, which is okie-dokie. But I needed to have that set time, certain place, and certain plan in order to really accomplish something for the Lord. Amen? You know what we do now? Well, we're high-tech now, right? We've got our tablets. So you know what I can do? Watch this. There goes the message I'm preaching right now. It's gone. Right? And then I'm going to go into that right there. Watch this. I go down there. You know what that says? Let me go down here to somebody that you can see. Dave, what, is, what does that say right there? What is the title of that? OBBC. 
Dropbox daily prayer list. OBBC, OBBC 2022 prayer list. And so if I hit that, watch Dave. Look what came up. You know what that is? What does that say? Daily prayer list for Sunday. Daily prayer list for Sunday. See that? And then if I just keep scrolling, let me tell you what will happen. It'll go, and by the way, that's a whole stack of preachers that I pray for every morning, every Sunday morning. And then it goes to Monday. Monday. And then if I scroll a little bit more, it goes to Tuesday. You know, I just saw Dave Costin's name there. You get prayed for every Tuesday, my brother. And uh, Debbie Del Rosario, every Tuesday. At the top of the list is Dr. George Rodell. I pray for him every morning because he needs it. Miss Faith, Miss Faith asked me to do that when I became repentant. Please play for him. She said, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> now all the way down the line, every day of the week. You know what that helps me to do? Tell me, it's, what do you think that helps me to do? Pray. pray. There you go. Carol, I love having you in the auditorium. Helps me to pray. Helps me to pray effectively, intelligently, fervently for the things I need to pray for. Are you with me? And I can look back in my life and say I have some substance about my personal walk with God. So, certain time, certain place, certain plan. One more thing and I'll finish. Look at verse 35 again. And in the morning, rising up early, uh, rising up great while before day, he went out, departed to a solitary place, and there prayed. He prayed. Now, think about this. If, if you're going to pray, you've got to ask this question, who do you pray to? Right? And, and when you read through the scriptures, there was a certain person that Jesus prayed to. Who did he pray to? He prayed to his father. Amen. He prayed to his father. In fact, often you hear him praying this in John 14, 13. He said, I will ask the father and he'll give you another comforter. John 17, 1, Jesus spoke these things, lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour's come. Matthew 6, verse number 9, after this manner, therefore we pray ye, our Father, which art now. So as Jesus is praying, he's praying to the Father. We pray to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. But there are times, did you ever do this, John? Did you ever just talk to the Holy Spirit? There's times I just talk to the Holy Spirit. You know, he's God. The Bible says Jesus sent him to be our, our helper. He, he, he's with us. He's, he's another Jesus, you know, another comforter. Well, what do you mean another comforter? Who was the first comforter? Well, the first comforter, comforter was Jesus. Another comforter, playing the same part as Jesus. So we can pray to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And so Jesus prays. And I think that sometimes the hardest, the hardest things to do, the hardest thing to do is to just spend alone time with God. But if we follow the pattern, if we follow the example, if we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we find that's exactly what he did. Right? According to this text of Scripture, he had a, he had a set time, a set place, a set plan, and he spoke to a certain person. Pretty good counsel, pretty good advice, don't you agree? Listen carefully, the hard things sometimes contain the greatest benefit, right? The greatest benefit. It's kind of like what I said this morning. If you ever have to eat a live frog, do it first thing in the morning. You know why? Because for the rest of the day, you'll know you've done the hardest thing you've had to do that day. Eat a live frog. I'm not sure what your frog is, but let me encourage you. 
to set a time alone with God, and if you could, do it first thing in the day. Amen? Say, Pastor, I'm not at my best. Get at your best. Because a lot of times as the day goes on, it just gets away from you. And then you say, oh, man, I didn't read today. And then you just try to cram it. Oh, I didn't spend time with God. And you try to cram it, right? A long time with God. Well, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity that we've had to come to church tonight and spend some time in Scripture, spend some time around the word, looking at the example of Jesus. And I would pray that you'll help us to develop that personal time, that personal walk with you. May we have a set time. May we have a certain place. May we have somewhat of a structure, some kind of a plan. And God, ultimately, may we just spend time with you, enjoying you, experiencing you, worshiping you, praying to you, learning of you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.